You're listening to the Holistic Spaces podcast brought to you by Mindful Design Feng Shui School. Episode 237, our favorite feng shui flowers. Welcome to episode 237 of the Holistic Spaces podcast, where we hope to inspire, educate, and empower you to create your own holistic spaces that nurture and resonate with you. Angie Cho and Laura Morris are the founders of the Mindful Design Feng Shui School. We teach feng shui online at mindfuldesignschool.com. If you didn't know, we teach a feng shui certification program. It's six months long. And we also have a fabulous newsletter. You can sign up for our mailing list by visiting mindfuldesignschool.com, scrolling to the bottom, and you can opt in there. We have content only for our newsletter subscribers. We'd really love to see you in your inbox. So for today's episode, we wanted to chat about flowers and feng shui since we're here in the Northern hemisphere and kind of the height of summer, flowers are really blooming right now. And then Laura and I personally enjoy flowers very much. So we thought we would have an episode about flowers and feng shui. So one thing that not a lot of people know and the flowers that we'll talk about today are going to be coming from this perspective is that in the feng shui that we practice, we practice BTB feng shui, which is one of the many schools of feng shui. BTB feng shui was brought to the West by Professor Lin Yun, and he specifically talked about the flowers that we'll talk about in this episode. Also, he taught our teachers that fragrant flowers can be used as a feng shui adjustment or just flowers in general can be used as a feng shui adjustment. Fragrant flowers were especially looked at and used for feng shui adjustments because the fragrance is said to really shift the chi and to unstick things that are stuck, which makes sense because as humans, you know, we are really visually focused, but everyone can relate to the kind of memories that come from smelling something, right? By connecting to our olfactory system, it directly connects to our brains and can really shift our experience and bring back nostalgic memories or shift the chi. Like people do this with essential oils, but also flowers can be very fragrant. So Laura, could you share a little bit about the other meanings of, of flowers? Reasons why we love flowers in feng shui? Yes. As you said, they can be used as in a specific feng shui adjustment, fragrant flowers. Overall, they represent joy and beauty. And beauty is something that as feng shui practitioners, we do try, we cultivate, like using beauty to shift what you see in, in your home is, and not from a design standpoint necessarily, it's, you know, through using different techniques in feng shui, I mean, to really be creative and to cultivate this beauty is, is really powerful. And flowers are a really easy way to do that, right? Because they're so beautiful. And one thing is to understand is so we did we just did one podcast on our favorite plants right plants and flowers are different so you know a lot of times you're like oh, okay well I, I can i just use flowers to do this wood chi adjustment let's say but no i mean yes and no the thing with 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 flowers is plants are continually growing they have their roots they're they're still thriving they're still growing whereas when you cut a flower is is cut from the plant right so they're no longer growing for the most part. They're no longer growing and they're in a state of fading, like they're in a state of decay, really. I mean, they're 
they're going to be beautiful and then they're not going to be beautiful. And Angie, you can speak more to this because, you know, Angie like does her, her flower, her Ikebana flower arranging. And, you know, there's so much meaning around there. And, but I think one that we can all understand is the idea of impermanence and being okay with that, right? The fact that things can be fleeting and that that is okay, that that is the way things are. And you shouldn't get too attached to your beautiful flowers and understand that that's the cycle. Well, what I find most of the time is that a lot of people are resistant to having any kind of cut flowers because, for instance, they don't, they're too expensive, they don't last long enough. And then there's a lot of these questions about like fake flowers. And while, you know, a very realistic looking fake flower is okay for certain reasons, like for instance, I was at, I I met up with some people and we went to a restaurant and they had this whole outdoor area that they use a lot of fake flowers and things like that to decorate like so like the trellis and everything. And in that case, like, yeah, they're practically, they're not set up to, to have like real flowers growing all the time there. So in some cases it makes sense, but in general, I kind of feel it's, it makes me sad to think that people don't want to invest in buying flowers because it doesn't last forever because nothing lasts forever. And when we think that things can last forever is when we really start to create difficulty and suffering for ourselves, thinking that like things will, trying to have control of everything in our lives and thinking that things don't change, but no, we all, we're going to die. We're going (laughs) to, things are going to change. Things don't work out the way that we want them to all the time. And so how can we embrace that flow? How can we do some practice in understanding and being with the flow? Like for instance, feng shui is wind and water. These are not things that are stagnant. They're always moving. And when they're stagnant, when wind cannot be stagnant because there would be no wind, right? Mm -hmm because feng is wind and then shui is water. And when we have stagnant water, that's quite unhealthy and very not life giving. So that's that. And also, you know, flowers, when people have flowers, like my teach, my flower teacher was just talking about how there's so much joy that they bring. People typically remark about someone, if you are carrying flowers around, like, or transporting flowers, or you have fresh flowers, it's always draws your eye it always calls you in. It may mark like something celebratory, something special, and also flowers themselves, right? In nature, mm-hmm. the purpose of the flower is that it's impermanent. It's attracting like a pollinator, right? And then it becomes a seed that grows into life. So they're not meant, the purpose isn't for it to last forever. So mm-hmm. that said, adding flowers to feng shui adjustments that you do in general can add deeper meaning And that's for you to, to explore. Yeah. And I think, you know, just the visual of somebody walking down the street with this beautiful bouquet of flowers, it's because it does bring us this joy. There's color, there's all of it around it. And so, you know, this is why using, using flowers in your home is an adjustment to cultivate joy, to cultivate an appreciation of beauty, even if it's fleeting and to know that it doesn't always have to be perfect is really important. And then we can add, we'll go through, Angie, when I have picked three categories, similar to what we did with the plants, we'll go through some of the additional symbolism, right? That you can add in your flower choices if you wanted to, too. So we've grouped them into three different categories. 
Yeah. And we'd also invite all of you to not just listen to what we offer, but to explore your own connections. You may have your own connections to these flowers from your experience, from your culture, or new connections that you make as you explore these flowers or work with them in your home. And also you can just simply look at like, look at these flowers and be with these flowers and see what you can receive from them. And I'm not talking about like a message in English that you receive, but just like, (laughs) is it spiky? Does it last very long? Is it bright? Is it cheerful? Is it fragrant? Is it, you know, just really simple, straightforward Mm -hmm. things. It doesn't have to, we're not talking about going into outer space and getting all woo-woo in your head. We're just, you know, how can you use flowers to get more grounded actually? Yeah. And sometimes a lot of us have childhood memories of flowers growing up or things that mean, as Angie said, culturally or with our families. And so, you know, you can always explore that. Like there's certain flowers that you're like, oh my God, this reminds me of when I went to the cottage and make it, you know, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, really play with flowers and, and, and the intention is to bring them in, to bring in more joy and beauty in your home. And we'll go through a list because you can do, you can Using feng shui, and again, from BTB feng shui, the symbolism that is attached to each of these, Angie and I went through, again, we're going to toggle back and forth, talk about each of our favorites for each of the three categories. And the three categories categories are, are, you want to do them? You do it. Yeah, I'll do them. Our favorite flowers for love and romance, our favorite flowers for strength and longevity, and our favorite flowers for good luck and good fortune. So Laura please share with us a favorite flower for love and romance. Well, I have to go with the classic rose, the symbolism, even in feng shui as well. uh, Roses are connected with love, with beauty, with romance. Just the nature of roses is that they have this absolutely gorgeous bloom or bud that opens into layers and it's so soft and it's like made of, silk but you look down and all these thorns right are along the the stem or in the bush and this is the i think what it makes you think about is that there's always you know in difficult times there's still beauty right so that things don't have to be perfect for them still to have inherent beauty and worthiness in them and that roses also remind us to use compassion and kindness particularly the symbolism around roses is that to use, to remind us with your partner to use compassion and kindness during difficult times. So if you get your partner flowers, yes, you're giving them a beautiful bouquet of roses, but you're also saying that everything is worth it, right? All of the thorns that you might have had to like trip over and go through and deal with, it's always, they're going to be there, but it's, again, it's just, it's, it's just a, a little like thorn on the way to this beauty that is, you know, this gorgeous bloom. So to really connect with the compassion and the kindness of the relationship. So I love roses. I think they're beautiful. I have, when I worked in a flower shop though, to be fair, I'm going to like ruin this whole symbolism. My job was literally to pick off the thorns (laughs) when we were doing it for Valentine's day. All we did was like package up. I don't even know how many boxes of, and this was during the nineties. So, you know, long stem red roses, it was like the like number one thing. Yeah. So I did had my fair share of plucking thorns off roses as well. You know, I used to 
kind of dislike roses, but now I've really come around to them. Especially I love roses that are growing on bushes in the summer. Yeah. I love hardy. So where I am in Canada and I'm, I'm, I'm adding one to my garden is a hardy rose and hardy roses. So the really highly cultivated tea roses and all those, they actually smell pretty good, but some of these uh, wild or hardy roses that we have in Canada as well as, you know, some in North America, they can win- winter and no problem. They smell so beautiful. Like they really have this beautiful smell. And so I actually prefer the single layer, like r- when they open, it's like almost like a single layer. And then you can see all the little it's, oh, they're so beautiful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so what's your choice? One of the many flowers we could select is the orchid. And I think it was two episodes ago when we talked about our favorite feng shui indoor plants. We also mentioned the orchid at that time too. So an orchid is often found in plant form as well, but you can find them cut obviously because you can cut the blooms off. But I think that most people, at least in the US and Canada, receive maybe an orchid plant And the symbolism of the orchid from the feng shui perspective is a charming and gentle and noble partner. It's considered a flower of perfection because of their varied and elegant blooms. And Confucius said that the orchid is also symbolic of the perfect human. Therefore, in feng shui, the orchid is also connected to this meaning of connecting with a graceful and charming partner, a noble partner, the quote-unquote perfect human partner for you, and it's connected to this idea of love and partnership. So often, if one wants to invite a noble, long-term partner in their life, they would be able to maybe do this with the feng shui adjustment of bringing in an orchid. Orchids can also represent fertility because of the shape of the flowers, depending on the type of orchid, which is very feminine. And then the bulb is more masculine. And, you know, many different cultures have different metaphors of the orchid. And then I've I've heard many great orchid stories from different people, too. But for me, I think it's also always important for me to give the reminder that once the orchid blooms, fade away that I like to point out that you can still keep the plant and they will rebloom later instead of tossing them in the trash. Or you could find someone that would like to take the orchid plant. So let's move on to our favorite flowers for strength and longevity, Laura. My choice is the sunflower. And the symbolism behind the sunflower is it represents power, strength, and loyalty. And you can see the power in that it it represents the sun. It literally, it looks like the sun in its shape, but it also its full-time job is to absorb the power of the sun, right? So it just, it faces the sun and it just constantly is seeking the sun to absorb all that yang energy of the sun. And its loyalty comes from the fact that it turns right? It's loyal to the sun. It's dedicated to the sun and it follows. It's a follower of the sun, literally. <laughs> For instance, in many other languages, like in Italian, it's girasole, which is girare means to turn and sole means sun. And in French, it's tournesol, right? Turns to the sol, to the... So it's in many, many cultures, but in in BTB as well, in, in the professor mentioning, it does 
connect with honoring the sun. And therefore, it really has this powerful, young presence. And just think about that time of year when they're everywhere and you can actually get them because they're not easy to find, to be fair. You can grow them as well. I had many growing and I had accidental ones growing because the birds, when they were feeding off the sunflower seeds, and so I'd have them accidental ones growing. And they and, and if you get really well-cultivated ones, they have these really thick, strong stems and they grow up and they're huge. And when they're cut and you bring them into your home, I mean, they just transform the whole house. I mean, it's like you're bringing the sun into your home. So for my favorite flowers for strength and longevity, there's actually two I'm going to mention. One is the chrysanthemum and the other is plum blossom. So this, they're both kind of revered flowers in the Asian world. And the symbolism of chrysanthemum is longevity because first of all, they last quite a long time, like in, in an arrangement, if you have them cut in your home. And when they're growing, they grow and stay even after the snow comes and they're considered autumn flowers. And so they can represent long lasting success, abundance and health. And chrysanthemum tea is associated with health as well in the Asian world. And it's also very cooling. Like it's a tea that is recommended to cool one's body like in the summer. So you might find chrysanthemum tea if you go to an Asian market. And that's another way actually to work with these flowers. You don't necessarily need to bring the fresh cut flowers, which, which, which is what we're talking about specifically in this episode. But you, if that's not op- available to you, like for instance, it's the middle of winter and you don't have fresh flowers available to you for whatever reason, then you could draw these flowers or you could explore the colors of the flower or you can drink the flower tea so anyway so the other flower is also connected to kind of the same themes of longevity and endurance and long life is a symbol of the plum blossom and it's considered a flower that offers a lot of hope because it is one of the first blossoms that come out that open after the winter and even in late winter. So it offers hope for spring after a long, cold winter. And it's, you know, it's used in Asian culture a lot, like the plum blossom, the cherry blossom. Blossoms are really very fleeting flowers on stone fruit trees often that are quite beautiful and they're revered in Asian culture. So in traditional Chinese medicine, the element connected to winter is water. And water element is related to darkness, which is silence and cold. So when these plum blossoms bloom, they give us this hope for spring and new beginnings. Have you ever had chrysanthemum tea, the little one where you put it and then it like opens into a flower in your cup? I have a long time ago. Yeah. 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 It's cool. Like you get it as this little dried up ball and then you put it in and then eventually you have this like flower in the bottom of your cup anyway yeah it's, so it's cool. like a blue it's i think they're called like blooming teas or something yeah it's really cool yeah so let's move on to our favorite flowers for good luck and good fortune mm-hmm. so my pick is the peony i love peonies they are i mean who doesn't honestly if you say you like you don't love pe- you're a, i'm sorry you're a liar <laughs> they're just beautiful like they're gorgeous. These, If you're lucky enough to have a garden where you can grow them, 
They may, you know, you can find them at flower markets for sure, but in very specific times. And where I am, it's like, you know, middle of June, right? Is like the key time when they're all going crazy, gorgeous, and beginning to middle of June. And they represent prosperity, luck, honor, but overall, this gracefulness, this elegance. I mean, you have these lush, big, full blooms which just speak to this opulent kind of elegant, just, it's so abundant, right? You can get that prosperity and you have its tiny little bud, if you've ever seen them at the beginning, and then it's, it, it just go, it grows exponentially and it expands to become this full layered bloom. In China, it's known as the king of flowers. It represents beauty, you know, femininity, love, but good luck. They're associated with prosperity and good luck. And I think for those of you that, can do this and have done it. It's a little late in the season now to go to a market and find them. You would, I don't think you'll be able to find them now. They're done for the season. But when you bring, which I just, which I just did, when you bring a fresh cut bouquet of peonies into your home, it is instantly like you feel like you're royalty. Like they just are so beautiful and exploding everywhere. So I love those. What's yeah, your pick? and they're often depicted, uh, peonies are depicted in many pieces of Asian art. So yeah. they're, they're and chrysanthemums. Yeah. Both chrysanthemums and peonies are seen. Yeah. And plum, yeah. Yes. And then our last flower for this podcast and still connected to good luck and good fortune is the narcissus. So narcissus is a symbol of good fate and good fortune. And similar to the plum blossom, it is one of the earliest blooming flowers after winter. So like when I study in my Ikebana classes, like which study Japanese flower arranging, narcissus, Japanese narcissus is something that we tend to work with a lot in the late winter. And also, you know, when you go outside in the spring, one of the first flowers you see, at least in this, in the temperate zone that Laura and I live in, would be narcissus or daffodil as a type of narcissus. And then also the other bulbs, like, but even mm -hmm. before like tulips, like you'll see crocus and you'll see narcissus, narcissus slash daffodils coming out. And that's kind of like, to me, an indication that we're, we're really moving into spring. So because they have this connection to the winter and the first blooming flowers after winter, there's that connection of good fate, good fortune, hope for warmth, for new growth. And they're also traditionally grown for Lunar New Year as a symbol of good luck. So it's something that you can bring into your home when they're in season, because I don't, you can't get them when they're out of season. But narcissus is something that can be cultivated in your garden or brought into your home as a cut flower to offer this promise of spring and new beginnings. Yeah. And you can always find them in the grocery store at the same time of year, like after like late I don't know, early January. And then you you can you can easily grow them yourself. And then you have these beautiful little white, sometimes the little white ones are a little yellow with the orange center. So they're so beautiful. Yes. So you can use any of these flowers for a feng shui boost to your home by simply bringing in the flower. But like we mentioned, you can also explore, research the flowers, draw the flowers, maybe explore flower teas or flower elixirs or flower essences or essential oils as well if the fresh flower isn't available but really we would we're kind of pointing to using the fresh flowers fresh cut flowers and we're not talking about bringing in fake flowers that 
are trying to imitate live flowers, but, you know, also flowers and artwork is, is very powerful mm-hmm. to have, have a lot of symbolism. Mm-hmm. And so bringing in any kind of fragrant, fresh flowers into your home can help to unstick the chi to get things moving. And we hope that you give yourself permission to indulge in fresh flowers as often as you can, because there's a lot to learn from them, right? Yes. Agreed. Don't be afraid of flowers. It's okay. You don't have to spend a lot. Just get a couple of blooms. Yes. And see, yeah. Even one can, one can be meaningful, like one, one dandelion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Holistic Spaces podcast. You can tune in every week for a new podcast episode. If you like our podcast and this episode, you can share it with others, subscribe, leave a review. You can always support us by signing up for our mailing list. Go to mindfuldesignschool.com, scroll to the bottom. You can see an opt-in box for a mailing list. And if you didn't know, Laura and I teach a Feng Shui certification program. So we would love to see you in the classroom. Otherwise, we hope you have a great week. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next time.